So yeah, good morning and welcome to Life Class. Um, in the course of today's conversation, principles from God's word will be shared. If you hear anything that sounds like health advice, please consult with your doctors. If you hear anything that sounds like financial advice, please consult with your financial advisors. If you hear anything that sounds like spiritual advice, please consult with your... Okay, please let's help the kids... Let's help them. All righty. The atmosphere is already stirred already. And we're starting with life class. That means it cannot be a normal life class, right? Yeah. So we're starting a new conversation today. Um, last week at the Royal Service, I was so glad that I was not going to have to draw a ladder. Um, today also we're not going to discuss arrested and deformed and stunted and you know all of those because we are moving to a new topic but please the proof that we've discussed something is not that we have it on YouTube the real proof is that your life shows that you were there you heard it do you understand so it's not having a picture you might even have a selfie with PD for that service so I was there for that service you know that's just to encourage those that have been complaining and protesting. The next thing is placards that PD does not take selfies with us on Sundays. He only takes with some people. You know, I've been accused. Um, but the Lord is my defender, amen? amen? And let me just say this. For those who want to be guaranteed selfies, just wait for the royal service. That is the secret, amen? And what, talking about royal service, what we'll be discussing at the royal service today is very dangerous. Now, if it was in a human political system, what we're about to do today, you know when somebody has details that can end the case? Do you know what I mean? And the people that will go to prison are like big boys, millionaires, drug barons, stuff like that. What do you think will be their main duty to ensure that that person does not get to the court alive, right? So there's something called... Do you, do you understand it? So the Lord told me, the reason why I'm saying this is so that you can be sensitive. The Lord told me that because of the message this afternoon, that our security detail has been increased. And they, they are not just arriving for 1 p.m. service. They are with us. Do you understand? Okay, if you don't get it, just, just forget about it. Just leave it. Praise God. All right, so today we are starting a conversation that many pastors don't like to talk about. Um, the reason is because the church, certain sections of the body don't like it when we discuss money. But that is very pretentious because there are many people, I'm not talking of this church, many people who will not be in church today because they have to work. There are many people who, I'm, I'm not throwing stones, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just saying, let's not be hypocritical about the fact that this thing is important. And it is a matter of worship, if we want to pay attention to it, the way Jesus speaks about it. It's really about worship. Alright? Um, anyways, we'll get into it. Our new topic is zero budget and sacrificial living. And I'm going to... Are there any ladies in the house? Let the ladies make a big shout. 
I heard that yesterday was amazing. But I'm, I'm still using your pen, but that's fine. I'm still using your pen. Is that fine? Is that fine? Um, today is one of those days I wish I had a big board, but we are getting to those moments. You know, during the worship, um, just this life class worship, right there I was caught into a trance and I saw us in a large room with lots of people worshiping Jesus sincerely and my heart just leaped for joy. I'm just excited. You know, I'm just glad. Are you excited? Can you see it also? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lifting holy hands. Amen. Luke chapter 16 and verse 13. Luke chapter 16 and verse 13. Luke chapter 16 and verse 13. No servant can serve two masters. No person can worship two gods. For either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. And this is Jesus making a categorical statement. You cannot serve God and mammon. This is an interesting scripture because you would expect Jesus to say you cannot serve God and the devil. And that's because as far as spiritual warfare is concerned, really, it's not God versus the devil. God is too big to, to pitch a match against the devil. Do you understand it? Do you understand it? The person God puts in that match versus the devil is you and me. It is, it is me executing my father's glory and superiority and authority to enforce that victory. So I'm not fighting to discover if I will win. I am fighting because I have won. Do you understand it? So he says you cannot serve God and mammon. Help me just say it to your neighbor. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't worship God and mammon. Amen. I believe the reason why a lot of um, people don't like to talk about zero budgeting, as you will discover, is that when you budget that way, one of the things the devil will convince you is that then how can you be a sacrificial giver? And I'm going to explain what a budget is. I'm going to explain what a zero budget is. And I'm going to explain what sacrificial living is. If that is all we achieved this morning, we would have done well. I don't want to rush this at all. This might be two parts, might be three parts, might be four parts, might be five parts, might be ten parts. But we will get it. We will, we will, we will zoom in until we get it. Somebody say amen. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 23 and then I will give us the definition of a budget. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 23. This is an injunction of the spirit. It says, be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. Is that in your Bible? Is that in your Bible? It says that know the state of your flocks. Now he's speaking in context to a people who lived in an agro-economy. It was mainly people who planted vineyards and kept livestock. And he's saying that part of what is requested of, required of you is that you know the state. That means on any given day, if someone should ask you, how many flocks do you have? If you are a responsible shepherd, you should be able to say, I have 100. Are you with me? Are you with me? How many of them are female oh i have 40 females i have 35 males that is a good shepherd 
a not so good shepherd will say about do you understand how many of them are going to school now how many of your flock are ready for school now um a good shepherd will say i need to ask the admin you're in the spirit i need to ask the admin are you seeing the metaphors now that is not really about flock can you see it can you see it however because we are discussing budgeting a wise man defined a budget as a tool. So let me give you the statements that led to that definition. It says that poor people wonder where their money went. Why rich people tell their money where to go. I'm going to say it again. Poor people, I know there are no poor people in this house. Amen? Amen. And if there are any bullets or like guns just going in your direction, just put up the shield of faith whereby you'll be able to quench every what? Amen. So poor people wonder where their money went to, but rich people instruct their money where to go. Do you get that? The tool with which you instruct your money where to go is a budget. Did you hear me? So if you will know the state of your flock, it means that you have a budget. If you don't have a budget, you don't know the state of your flock. You don't know the state of your finances. In fact, sometimes you will, you, will, you will even say, God, you've not been providing until you sit down and do the numbers. And you'll be like, in this, in the last six months, I've handled 80,000. Eh? How? Where? When? It's because you did not have a budget. And as I'm speaking to individuals today, I'm speaking to organizations also. And I'm speaking to us as a house. Somebody say budget. Now, a, have we defined budget? Do you feel you understand what a budget is now? It's a tool with which you instruct money on what to do and where to go. So they are not wondering. It's, it's like you calling a taxi. And you say, money enter here. And you set the destination. Not that the thing just calls anyone and says, I'm going anywhere. Do you understand it? Do you understand it? So a budget is that... Um, can you notice I'm going super slow? Have you noticed? A budget is that tool with which you instruct your money where to go. Now, a zero budget is a budget that accounts for every cent to the zero dollar. Does that make sense? Now, because this must be practical, we are going to talk about our friends that we've not talked about in a long time. Mr. and Mrs. Oh, you remember them? Oh, amazing. So we're going to look at their budget before life class. We're going to look at their budget after they joined KICC and started listening to life class for the first five years. And we're going to look at their budget after five years of life class. My God, somebody's going to be inspired. And you're going to see a picture of yourself. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? Somebody say glory to God. Now, sacrificial living is a dimension of living for a part of God's children. Not all God's children can respond to this. Remember, Jesus says you cannot worship God and mammon. There are certain of God's children that if we want to be sincere, let's audit your time. Let's audit your spendings. Let's audit every pointer that, that suggests the most important thing to you. The truth is that the focus of your existence is not God. If we want to be sincere, 
You have 24 hours in a day. You have seven, seven days in a week. You have four weeks thereabout in a month, 30, 31, or 28 days in a month, 52 weeks in a year, 365 days, right? When we audit your spendings, many of us will realize that we gave most time in pursuit of money. That's why you can't do your quiet time. That's why you don't attend midweek service. That's why you can't serve in church. And this is Canada, PD. This is Canada. I've got bills. I've got bills. I've, I've got. I've got bills to pay. I was going to say I've got pills to pay. Sacrificial living is an invitation to every child of God. Number one, Mammon will not be my God. That's number one. Mammon will not be my God. It means that I will not make decisions solely based on monetary value. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? This is not the most convenient thing for people who have, who have soaked in the spirit of the world. They've done the numbers. $25, $25 per hour, extra shift, half and half. Um, and, you know, we, we have an open, before they say we have an open shift, are you, before they, are you, I am available. I will just send a message to my HOD. You won't see me on Sunday. I know I told you I will come two Sundays a month, but no, these bills won't pay themselves. Now, let me tell you, God has told us that the people is raising in this church. Are you listening to me? There are people who will single-handed, they are God-fearing, they are spirit-filled. Did you hear me? They are heaven-focused, they are tongue-blasting, demons, demon-slaying, check-signing. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? So, if, if you are in this family, and your thinking is $25 per hour. And that if you can get, even if you work 24 hours, or you work the full day, and you work the full year, you, you are not the one that will sign us that $1 million check. Do you understand? Do you understand? So don't wait till then. Break that mentality today. Did you hear me? I want to stay up something on your inside. As much as we are grateful for where we are today, we know that that is not where we will remain. So we won't live that we live like that is where we belong. No. So I'm I'm showing you how to how to get here. It is something called sacrificial living. You have the mentality of a steward, and that mentality is that God, this thing in my hands, I am holding it for you, and however you would use it, let me know. I will not hold back. I was having a conversation with my wife recently about a family, a family that has let's just say they have a vehicle. That is income generating. And they blocked out that thing. I said, you will not make income from this period to this period because we want to honor a man of God. You don't understand. Can you picture Elisha and that woman in the Bible? Let's assume the woman does Airbnb. Can you see it now? And she knows how much she makes from Airbnb. So she goes to her husband. I've noticed this man of God in the area. Does not have a place to stay. And the husband said, But the only space we have, we use it for Airbnb. And she says, There's something more than money. Can we cut this Airbnb income? I'm going to show you how this to work in the future. And she says, can we, can we convert it to something else that is intangible? Because this man carries something. Let him come and sleep in this house. The Airbnb people, they are bringing all sorts of things. 
We are the ones that will go and plead the blood of Jesus after they leave. But they pay us money and that's fine. That's fine. But this man of God is going to bring something here. It's not like he will give us money. But the anointing he carries will produce something more than money. I am telling you, if, if they had Airbnb for 10 years, paying them and giving them tips, it wouldn't have produced a child. And I was just chatting with my wife. I said, just this act of opening their, their house up and cutting their income, they literally blocked it off. It has opened doors. And another time, there was a need for that vehicle. And they're like, oh, sure. We, the request knew that this thing involves a blocking. Somebody say a blocking. And, and many people live by the numbers. When you block something, you have to account for it elsewhere, right? I was just telling my wife, more doors have been opening. More doors have been opening. So if you are going to completely live by the numbers, you will die by the numbers. Somebody say sacrificial living. Now, one of the reasons why people on this side don't like talking about budgeting is when you raise a solid people of budget, you will wonder if they can live by sacrifice. So let's go to Exodus chapter 35, verse 4 to verse 5. Are you being blessed so far? Is something being stared on your inside? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Exodus 35, verse 4 and verse 5. And Moses, the man of God, right? Moses, the pastor of the church in the wilderness. Wilderness Christian Center. All right. Even though the name God gave them was promised land, but, but their name at the time was wilderness. Amen. Selah, Selah. And Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying... This is the thing which the Lord commanded. Please take it back. I want everybody to see and to say commanded. Everybody say commanded. So this is a commandment of God. Right? Right. Now let's see the commandment. Go to verse 5. It says, take from among you an offering to the Lord. Can everybody read the next line together? Whoever. Can you see that? Stop, stop. It didn't say everybody. It says whoever. Is this New Testament or Old Testament? Somebody say whoever. Is of a willing heart. Let him bring as an offering to the Lord. Gold, silver, bronze, and every other thing that will be required for the building of the tabernacle. It says whoever. God is not hungry. And on behalf of every man of God that has presented God as a desperate, hungry God, please forgive us. God is not stranded. You know, sometimes offering time is like twisting time. And you're just wondering, it is a privilege. It is, do you understand me? It's, an, it's, a big, it's the biggest honor of your life to be able to say, God, I brought this for you. No, oh, you might, and we now bend and bend and twist even in the wilderness, where nobody had employment status, it says whoever is willing. That means if you, if what you are hearing is, they want my money, they want, they want other pastors are going to buy a private jet. If that is your thinking, hold your money. Don't give it. It's just the way we be saying we are moving to a big place. Some people are already under pressure. Oh my God! People will wake up and say everybody should give. 20,000. Where will I get it from? If PD should sell me. <laughs> Please.
please help me put verse 6 and 7 for those people that have that question. Put verse 6 and verse 7. Verse 6 and verse 7. Exodus 36, verse 6 and verse 7. It says, so Moses gave a commandment. Who gave the first commandment? God, right? So who is giving the second commandment? Moses. And they caused it to be what? Proclaimed throughout the camp saying, let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were what? Restrained from bringing. Verse 7. For the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, it was what? And somebody help me shout. He say what? Yeah. That's the level God wants to bring you to. The level of too much. But the people who enter too much are those who give sacrificially. They give willingly. God loves a cheerful giver. God, don't, don't. I'm, I'm very sorry and I'm saying this on behalf of of my, me and my colleagues and my seniors and my juniors and all of us, it's almost like give or you die. Amen. 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 First Chronicles 22, let's read verse 3 to verse 5. First Chronicles 22, verse 3 to verse 5. This is another pastor. This is another leader. I like, what I like about Moses and Wilderness Christian Center is that the people gave more than enough. But we don't know. There's no records that Moses gave. We don't know. Maybe because when Moses said they should spoil the Egyptians, he was not there to spoil the Egyptians. Because the only neighbor he had was Pharaoh. Okay, some people get it next week. That's fine. So he was leading all these people that had gold and, and silver, but it was just Moses, the servant of God. But there was another king. There was another leader. Even though God said, you are not the one that will build this thing. David said, God is fine. It's not me to build it, right? Because of my hands. It won't be my hands, but it will be my resources. So David provided large amounts of iron for the nails. See detail. That will be needed for the doors in the gates. He had, I'm sure he had architectural drawing. Clamps. He gave more bronze than could be weighed. He also provided innumerable. Don't take us to Ega yet, please. We're coming. Can you take us back to 1 Chronicles 22? Verse 4. He provided innumerable cedar logs for the men of Tyre and Sidon had brought vast amounts of cedar to David. Verse 5. This is David's thinking. David said, My son Solomon is still young, inexperienced, since the temple to be built for the Lord must be a magnificent structure. Not, not that we just arrange things together and say, take us as we are. It must be famous and glorious throughout the world. And I will begin making preparations for it now. So David collected vast amounts of building materials before his death. Somebody say more than enough. Somebody say too much. All right. Okay, let's go to Agai. Let's go since they've, they've taken us there. Let's go there. Let's go to Agai chapter one. Let's read from verse three. Are you being blessed so far? I'm showing you different generations. We have the 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 privilege of looking back because these things have been written for our learning and for our example, so we can look back at multiple. We've looked at wilderness generation. We've looked at the golden age of Israel as a nation. 
under King David. And now we are looking at another prophetic picture, a generation of those who were the returning exile. The Lord sent this message through the prophet Agai. And in verse 4, he says, Why are you living in luxurious houses? While my house lies in ruins. No, put it back, put it back. So I'm put like this the way we move fast. You know, I, I met someone who said that my, my, my house cannot be finer than my church. And I will see to it that the church is the most beautiful it can be. See, there are people who, hello, hello, met someone else. I'm not, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just saying it. Maybe I should not say it so they will not say it because it involves pastors. So it won't look like pastors are using style to solicit. I also met someone that said that every, everywhere I travel to, you know, the way I would tell my pastor I'm back is not that. Ah, pastor, I'm back. Oh, is that there will be something from that country that I will take as a gift for my pastor. Amen. Do you like it? Do you like it? Something like the only issue is that PD, the only place I travel to is Ottawa. <laughs> so I'll bring you snow. <laughs> or snow from Yukon. It says, why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? Now, now, hello. Ah, I'm looking at my time. Do you know that this prophecy came to the Israelites after they had a legal order to stop building? When Ezra tells us that they started building again by the prophecies of Agai and Zechariah, this is what they were hearing. So there was a law that said don't build. And God is saying, but you people have built your own houses. And you are saying the law does not allow you to build for God. Um, churches cannot buy land. Oh, wow. Churches cannot own. Do you, do, 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 hmm. do you know that a, a good number of churches closed down after the pandemic, do you know? Do you know that there were a group of churches that it did not cross their mind for once that we will close down or not? Do you know? Should I tell you what those churches are? We call them orthodox churches. Back in the days, they were investing in land and real estate. Most of the downtown churches you see, they own it. Buildings, they own it. In fact, because of the drop we are seeing now, a lot of them are selling those buildings. But somebody was strategic enough to teach God's children. We will own the land. The church will own the land. So that we can do God's work without hypertension. You know, let God arise is coming and you desire to sow. The only issue is that God, I cannot give desire. Do you understand? We cannot sow desire. So do, do, do you know this real estate thing? It has to sink into the body of Christ by revelation. Do you agree with me? Because the Bible tells us in the book of Acts, we're always referencing the early church. And I believe we're in a season of revival. And we are going to see a lot of the things they saw. But do you know how they gave in the early church? People were selling what? Real estate. Because they owned it. And they owned many because they still had a place to sleep. How do I know? The church was meeting in their houses. So I'm just waiting. Somebody will say, PD, I just bought this house. But really, it's not for me. This one is for Jesus. The rental income straight to Jesus. When we refinance it, when the church has a big project, just let us know. We we'll refinance it, we pull money out. I'll just sign a check, 800,000. 
Bidi, whatever God is asking you to do, go and do it. Imagine sincerely, sincerely. Imagine if I never had to worry about money again. I just go in there. Father, what is it? My goodness. Our services will be floating in. <laughs> we'll be floating in. Everybody, will, even from the door. Like, when you say, where am I? Is this KI? Before you say, is this KI? You've already been in the sky. Then you know that, yes, this is KICC. <laughs> you love it? Amen. Amen. The brevity of the time we have left, I want to introduce us to Mr. and Mrs. Jubilee before they were sacrificial givers. At least they were disciplined enough to have a budget. Mr. Jubilee earned $5,000. Mrs. Jubilee earned $5,000. After tax per month. Can we keep it simple? What is their joint family income? What is their joint family annual income? Right? Right? So every month they have to plan 10K. Now, we're going to pick it up from here next week because I'm, I'm, I'm keeping to time. Amen? Yeah. Hey, hey, do you believe it? Yeah. Do you receive it? Yeah. Look at them. All right. So this is their joint family income. Let me tell you the principles that they've learned. They learned that we pay God first. We pay ourselves. We pay others. And then we play. Let me tell you what that means. What that means is that pay God. They are Christians. They pay their tithe. So what is the tithe of 10K? They pay their tithe. Pay ourselves. They have disciplined savings. I remember we said that the only on the like Pastor Matthew will say, many people have a shavings account, not a savings account. The difference between savings and shavings is when the goal of your saving is towards investing. Do you understand? Do you understand? I think we might need some refreshers on savings and investment. So they pay God and they pay themselves. Currently, so this is 10%. And then this is, they do 20% of savings. So how much is that? How much is that? 3K. Now, they are renting. They are trusting God to buy their house. Their rent is, depending on where they live. My God, rent is something else. And depending on which economy, but let's just do an average rent. Let's say their rent is 2,005. Is that fair? It's 3,000. You know them. I think you really know. You know where they live. Okay, so let's say it's 3,000. So, how much have they spent so far? 6,000. 6,000. And then they have um, the budget 2% for play. So, how much is that? So, there are studies that have shown that the people who are most disciplined with their budgets are those who have, have what? Money that they can use to do anything if they kept to their discipline the previous month. Do you understand it? So if, for instance, they say groceries is, even groceries nowadays, how much you put for groceries? No, this is Mr. and Mrs. Jubilee. You didn't ask me how many children they have. 
Okay, let's say they have one child. How much is groceries? 900? Okay. Hello, this is before life class. So they are not eating organic yet. They are not eating organic yet. All right. So let's say 900, right? Right? And this is 200. Now, this is the definition of what is not a zero budget. A zero budget does not have others. Do you understand? Every line has a name. To comprehend, now, sorry, that means do you understand? For those that don't understand Chinese. <laughs> it's Mandarin. Okay, so for those who don't, some people are thinking of food right now. So, amen. Only you got it. They, they, they'll get it next week. Amen. So, they, they live this way because they don't know what a zero budget is. So, next week, we will show you Mr. and Mrs. Jubilee since they joined KICC, started attending life class, and they were learning about some other accounts because the only thing they budgeted here is their tithe. We've not seen their offering yet. We've not seen their seed. They know that there's let God arise every month. I'll show you how it is in their budget. Amen. Amen. I'll show you how they were saving for their down payments and how they bought their house. I'll show you that. And then I'll show you what happens to them in the sixth year of life class. My God, that's so beautiful. I can't wait to show you that. All right. But has this been helpful so far? Have you been blessed so far? I want to introduce us to something we will zoom in next week. The issue with living this way is, let's say PD is ministry, and PD says, the power of God is moving around this room right now. There are three people, three people right now. The Lord is laying it on your heart to give God $3,000. You know the funny thing? I've never done that here before. And it is not wrong because I've done it somewhere. It's amazing. The first place I did it was not in KICC. So I had to go and run to the pastor of the house. I said, please, I'm, I'm fighting this thing. This is what the Lord is telling me to do. Do I have your permission? And he gave me the response of a good man of God. He said, if the Lord has asked you to do it, please obey. And I just called. I said, the Lord has told me. That's the way I did it. And that's where I was led. The Lord has told me to sow a seed of $1,000 here. And I believe I'm not the only one doing it. There are a couple of you to do it with me. If you are here, come out. I was shocked by the response. The, the, the front row was filled up. And I'm sure the people, you remember the people we talked about before? The numbers people. You remember people in the book of numbers? They've not crossed to left... <laughs> Amen. I'm sure they will have been, oh my God, where is this pastor? And they will have done the math. They will do the counting. One, two, three, two, three. In, in just, just by saying it, what do these pastors have in their mouth? Like, he just called these people out and he just came out. Amen. I left that place with a powerful testimony. Do you understand? And I'm sure all of those people, their lives, see, see, you, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outsmart God. You cannot out-intelligence God. God, is, God responds to sacrifice. You know why? It reminds him of himself. You, you don't understand what I just said now. The reason why God resists pride is because it reminds him of someone, a certain employee. 
The reason why God loves sacrifice is because it reminds him of himself. He gave himself. So when he sees, because when, oh, sorry, for instance, Peter says now there are five people here. The Lord is raising it on, laying it on your heart to sow a seed of $3,000 today. Now, there are some malicious people that will cut this out. And it will trend on social media. They will not tell them that Peter was giving illustration. Anyways, let them, let them trend Jesus. Amen? Amen. But those people have a budget. Do you understand how it works? The power of a zero budget. The devil has told you that it will not allow you to live sacrificially. But the power of a zero budget is that like Abraham, when God says give Isaac, your son, your only son, the one you love. You saw it, my sister. What it is implying to somebody who has this is God is showing you the line item. They didn't get it. Oh, can you see it now? So that when the Lord has laid on your heart to sow 3,000, you are not seeing 3,000. You are seeing two items on your list. So you've not brought 3,000 to the altar. You've brought things to the altar. Oh, they got it. They got it. Can, can we keep the question until next week? Because I already know my fine for this. <laughs> okay, let's take the question. Please let me get him a mic very quickly. Very quickly, very quickly, very quickly. This, what we just shared now, is life-changing. Do you we get still it. need to pay it, though? Like the 3000 or do we just add it as a line? So, yeah, you see now what I said next week. So, for instance, this, Mr. and Mrs. Jubilee have now learned that if you have others, it does not work. So, they break it down now. So, they have offering. We are pushing me into next week now. They have offering. They have down payment which is different from savings, all right? They have education. They have RRSP for the children. They have insurance. They have auto insurance. They have other loans in brackets, car. They have utilities. Do you understand? Do you understand? So now, when they are going, they are looking at this now, they are saying, where is that 3,000 going to come from? Because God, you gave an instruction and I know it's not convenient. So what they are saying is, God, I am giving you the RRSP and down payment for this month and I'm laying it on the altar. Do you understand? Do you understand it? So that's the sacrifice. I didn't give God 3,000. I gave God my down payment. Watch him give me the house I could not even dream of buying. You love it? I love it too. So let's just, let's just end it there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so I'm much done. for joining done. us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at K-I-C-C-Canada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.